and I, I would consider adoption I think again if I was in a bit more set up which is but. like the human version of rescuing a pug from a shelter <laughs> back to Pretendship, episode 30, Thursday 14th of May. <laughs> um, check out who I've got in here with us right now. It's the drummer of the C33s and old college friend of mine, Emma Whitworth, aka Judy Jones. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right, Paul. How are you? I'm very well. Glad to very hear well. it. Glad to hear um, it. Shall we... Uh, have a chat about your band and about life and all sorts of shit. If you dare, yeah. Right, Let's well, go for it. I'll beckon in the uh, the viewers, the listeners, and then uh, we'll crack on. Hey. Okay, come. I remember a couple, but it was like the bad days. I don't ever remember a good day. Like one day I got accused of, of stealing from the art department. Do, do you remember Rachel, the graphics teacher? Yeah, like young and blonde. Rachel the robot. <laughs> That's what we used to call her. Yeah, she, she took me aside one day because, long story short, I, I tried in my second year to drop out of biology because of this teacher. And I just hated it. I wasn't enjoying it. And, and they were like, right, it's going to be really difficult for you to do it because you're halfway through your second year. But if you're really not enjoying it, we'll, we'll let you drop out and choose what you want. So I was like, I'd like to do fine art. So it went ahead and I went to the art department and they said, right, you can do it, but we want five pieces of homework for tomorrow in these particular sketchbooks that you had to buy, you know, from that shop in the cafe, the college yeah. shop. So uh, I was like, well, I've not got any money on me. They were like, it's fine, just take them and give, give us some money back. So I did. And then literally about three days later, Rachel pulled me aside and she was like, um, you've, you've been accused of stealing from the art department. And I was like, what? It's been three days. Three days. So. Fuck. Yeah, it just wasn't a good experience for me. I'm sorry to hear that, Emma. Well, lucky though, right? Because if you'd smashed college, then you wouldn't have been uh, in a band now probably, right? Right. I was I was two weeks away from going to uni and then I just I just changed my mind completely and dropped and was like I'm not doing it and I think it's the best decision I've ever made. Hundred percent. I would hate it. I know I would have. Fuck, that's a long time ago as well. Like you you were just saying before we started that um, I did a video for you guys. Well, sort of. It wasn't even this band. It was like a different incarnation of it several years ago. Yeah. Um, and did a music video for you guys and you said that feels like a different person like that you feel like that was from a different life yeah definitely it's just so I, college it's only must five even years be... but, yeah college i don't five know years i think ago. five years i just think with college you you come out of high school where you you, you kind of try and fit into this mold that will get you through as unscathed as possible and then you get to college and it's just a free-for-all and you're just figuring out who you are and and then you leave college and you just left with like the aftermath of that. And then I think... I, I don't think that'll be as true anymore, but I, I couldn't agree with you more for our, our generation um, having not had social media and stuff during primary school and high school. You were in this basically a bubble, weren't you? Yeah. Where 
these are the rules and laws of this, like like you're in prison or on an island or something <laughs> in high school and then yeah. when we got to college it was like oh and then you just in your first year of like being allowed out into the world and trying to learn about other people that weren't from your very little weird culty little establishment do you know what I mean yeah, absolutely yeah I couldn't imagine being a kid now with phones and shit I, I couldn't do it it'd be awful don't you think well, I'm sure they don't think it's awful because they're just like, yeah, I get to talk to all my friends and watch hardcore pornography from the age of eight <laughs> years old. Yeah, but, it's just the norm, I suppose. But we, I remember like Facebook coming in when I was in the last year of high school and, and I, I didn't take the bait at first with it. I was like, oh, this, that's so boring. But then fast forward 13 years and it's like, oh, Facebook every day. Yeah, I, I remember feeling as if like um, when Facebook came in, I was like, you can't even customise your profile and put your own music on it and all that shit like you could do on MySpace. MySpace forever. <laughs> this is never going to take off. Might as well just be showing people your passport or something, just like a picture of your face. That's all, a Facebook. It's a wonder it, t- it took off really, isn't it? Because it was so boring in the beginning. Just nothing. Like I was like, I'll just go speak to my friends like outside. <laughs> it's crazy now, the degree to which um, you sort of, have to be on Facebook well especially mm. in like music industry in order to yeah. network properly it's just not an option not to be on socials but no, the average no. person you know like a, a couple of people I know um, are not on Facebook and then all the time I go oh did you see that thing and they go what and I go oh yeah you're not on Facebook or I'm trying to send them a link or whatever and they're not on there and I'm, mm. I'm like how do I you have to like email them or something I would just say well I'm not showing it either I'm sorry that's way too much effort <laughs> I'll just yeah big time I don't think I know anyone who's not got it. Maybe one person at work, and I wouldn't ever want to share anything with her anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that um, sounds really mean. It's just, I don't know. We'd, we'd what's say. it like for you having to play, do you have to play the Facebook game a little bit with the band? A bit, but only to an extent, because I, I'm not that savvy like when it comes to selling shit online and, and putting yourself out there but I suppose this band has taught me differently because you have to be quite in people's faces I suppose but I think we're just quite natural with it if, if there's a gig we advertise it if there's a video coming up we'll tell people about it yeah I think you do it the right way actually like yeah. all I could ever say to a band is just give quite a lot of access to people that are following you meaning mm. post stuff of you your lives and your tour sort of schedule and you know like grant them access in, in into your homes and your, your private life a little bit because it, it definitely used to be more say in like the 90s early noughties mystique was the thing that celebrities had mm-hmm. and if you're trying to um you know make it in an entertainment industry you have to sort of try and emulate the celebrity thing a little bit but although <laughs> i was going to say that um now it's the, the opposite where you have to grant people um you know entry into your homes and stuff yeah it's just really oversaturated isn't it so in a way you have got to stand out but without being arrogant about it i suppose have you seen what, some what? there's some people on like um, that go on instagram and stuff now like matthew mcconaughey or people that just you sort of know as a film star or you know someone that does still have that mystique and when they arrive on Instagram and they're just like wandering around in the kitchen musing about the day you're like this is fucking well weird I don't like it it, it's almost like 
they're unreachable, aren't they, when, when they're not on social media. But then, like you say, going into the homes, it's almost, they're a real person. So it's it's not interesting anymore. <laughs> it's interesting yeah. that you've got um, the your alter ego, kind of, you know, your stage name. Mm-hmm. Is that a way to become a character or like, what? what's the thought process behind that? I think it just boils down to being in a punk band and, and not going through life without a stage name. Like, why not? And because of the old stuff we were doing, like that's associated with my with my name, like Emma Whitworth. And I just wanted I just wanted it to be different and sound cool as fuck at the same time. Did you do did you draft out loads of different names? No. Do you know do you know where it came from? Go on. It was when I was working at Frankie's, a woman called up to book a table and I was like, Yeah, yeah, what's the name? And she said, Judy Jones. I was like, What? Is that your real name? And she said, yeah. So it just stuck in my head. I thought, that's cool as fuck. That's sick. But then I thought as well, because there's that, that Ramones song, like Judy is a punk, and it just tied in really well. And I thought, yeah, that's cool. I like it. I like it. Mm. Yeah, that's meant. Uh, what if that's not her real name? And she, she was like, it's like a name that whenever you say it, if you utter it to someone else, they go, <gasps> and then they have to take it as their fake name and it's no one's real name. Maybe. That, that's the mystique of it. Who knows? It might it even be my real name. name. Could be. Yeah, I mentioned it on um, last episode a couple of days ago. I was like, oh, yeah, so Emma will be coming on, or Judy, or oh, goodness, uh, I better check with her which one she wants to. But you're fine with people knowing. Yeah, it happens all the time, even at gigs sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not worried. It's just nice to have it there anyway. Are you missing gigs now? Mm, yeah. We, we were supposed to have a run of three pretty sick gigs at the beginning of the month. On the first, we had a sold-out headline show at the Eagle in Salford, and then the day after, we were going up to Leeds to play live at Leeds, and then the day after that, on the third, was Hit the North in Newcastle, oh. so we had, like, yeah, it was pretty hard. <laughs> but they've all been rescheduled, which is cool. Um, nothing has been cancelled. Yeah. It's just, you gear yourself up and then it's like, meh, October now. This no, October and November, I think they've been moved to. Oh, I'm gutted for you, mate. I know you love it, but are you, what are you doing with the downtime? Like, to, in are you doing anything band-wise in the downtime, like just making shit or writing? or? We've been doing uh, live streams on Instagram, which has been interesting. Uh, it's, it's weird to have people in your house, <laughs> even though they're not there. Um yeah, a bit writing, I suppose, but just trying to keep busy. I, I've not played drums for since just before lockdown. It's been really hard. Uh, I've got I've got my kit here, but my neighbours are a bit like, well, they said they could do it, but I, I think they regret it because I'm not a jazz drummer. <laughs> so you have been pra- have you been practising a little bit or no? No, I can't. Not at the moment. But I will soon. I might just set the kit up and, and just see what happens. If, if they come knocking, then I'll be like, social distancing. Get some tea towels on them. Yeah, I could do. We, call, we used to do it and we called it Tiny Punk. Or just like... It'd be good just to like, even if you're not getting the actual muscle memory going, but just that part of the brain that deals with like rhythm and live mm-hmm. sort of performance together and stuff would be good yeah. to keep. I mean, I'm still, I'm still practising in the sense of like almost constantly tapping on things uh, but to physically sit in front of a kit no it's, it's been tough if constantly tapping on things counts as practice then i'm a very well rehearsed professional jazz musician 
that's all it is. It's just just tapping. <laughs> all you need to what, know. What, what's like the average gig like for you guys? Because like I've sort of I filmed you at Band on the Wall and a couple of the like gigs that I've been to of yours. But mm-hmm. what considering you're like punk, is that how you would describe it? Punk. Yeah, like garage punk. So what what are the what's the the vibe like? What's what's the turnout like? What's the energy like? Sweaty, very sweaty. Yeah. Yeah. People, I think because it's quite, you can dance to it as well. People just like get going quite easily with it, and you can get stuck in. And that's that's what I like about them. People just is it just like is it young it. people though, or is it like a, old punks mix. or? No, no, it's a really good mix. There's the um, it's like the older generation who have like a really solid knowledge of music and, and they've grown up with like the 70s and the 80s and then you've got the youngsters who, who are just finding out new music and, and coming down which is and just are all cool. the are punks like is it am i getting it wrong that punks are like straight edge or do, do they all get hammered or no i think it totally depends on on you as a person uh I, I say the old punks, I mean, technically you're a punk because you're doing something that is like almost against an establishment. Like you're not, you're not doing some, you know, job that you don't want to do. That's, I don't want to say menial, but something that would just be classed as like normal. Like that's punk. Well, I have been called this generation's Johnny Rotten, but that's not for me to decide. <laughs> no. Nice. Um, I mean, I know Cav's um, sober, right? So do you, you don't mm. get, you don't, can't get drunk for gigs. Or I know Steve gets like, Steve gets hammered whenever we shoot a video. Yeah, Steve's the only one who can drink. So I'm, I'm the driver, so I can't drink. Cav doesn't drink. Oh, you drink. never drink at a gig? No, I can't. I, I, I'm the only one who, who drives, yeah. Well, Steve though? drives, but uh, I don't think I could. I, I don't think I could play that fast if I was drunk. I'd just be sloppy. But spot. it's punk, right? So who, as long as the energy's there and you're just like, wow, fuck it, don't give a shit and just go for it. True, but I don't know. I just don't think it's professional. I I, I understand why people drink for gigs, but I just, I, I wouldn't. And I don't think I ever have, really. Maybe like a beer, but What are you not. like with drinking though? I don't think I've ever seen you like absolutely plastered. <laughs> I, I used to, like in my heyday, <laughs> I used to get pretty drunk a lot, but. Did you used to go to Standard Mower? That was right near your mum's crib, wasn't it? No, no, I never went in. I didn't really go out in Lee very much. I just, I, it was more Manchester. Um, I think the last time I remember you being drunk was maybe six or seven years ago and we all went out in Lee. <laughs> I remember that night. No, I've been, I've definitely been drunk since then. But because I, I am the only driver with the band and prior to this, the only driver with what we were doing before, my tolerance is just completely gone. So now, I'll, even if I have like a glass of wine, I'm like, "Woo, let's get naked!" Like, it's, yeah, it's it's embarrassing. Do you remember the very first time that you drank? Yeah, I was at a party. I was 16, and I got. It was my friend who spiked me, but I got spiked uh, with. <laughs> I was drinking homemade sangria blue WKD but then my friend had put vodka in the WKD I was drinking so I remember just being in my friend's house puking all over the floor and it was green puke so they all started calling me the Hulk <laughs> yeah and that's my that's my first experience 
and it just went from there. How old were you? 16. So you never drank all the way through high school? I, I had like a Bacardi Breezer on a Saturday night, but no, I never never got drunk up until then. You, you would have Bacardi Breezers on the regs, but never get drunk? Yeah, because it was like on a Saturday night watching X Factor with my mum. <laughs> like, <laughs> I pictured like, you on you street go. corners. <laughs> We're like, there you go. You can have it. You can have a Bacardi Breezer tonight, Emma, but take it easy. Have you like what's the drunkest that you've ever been? I got re- we went to Prague a few, uh, eight years ago, I think it was. Uh, a big group of us, and I remember being very drunk then. We were drinking like abs- proper absinthe, you know, where you, you have the sugar and the spoon. We were drinking mm-hmm. that and we were just drinking shots. And the, ne- the next day we had to do a walking tour around Prague and it was it was just horrific. It was just puking. Was that <laughs> with the band you were there? No, no, it was just with a group of mates about, yeah, 2012. So I was really drunk there. You have been around Europe a few times, like touring, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we did it on and off for like two years, so we'd spend a few months away, a few months back. Um, do they, they used to treat us really well at gigs? So, say if like I'm talking about not drinking, but if we turned up to a gig and accommodation was included, like they were like, oh yeah, chill. I live close by. We can you know go and, and sleep at mine. Then I would take full advantage of the free bar <laughs> usually. And there was this one time where this head chef came out from the back and was and actually told the bar guy like no more stop serving them because we were we were getting all of the like most expensive whiskies like 16 year old like a villain i think it was and it was like super expensive and he was just like no more so yeah we used to, we used to take advantage of it <laughs> 100%. well that's what it's about being in a band you have to like abuse the rider you have to live that life mm-hmm it's crazy that now you're in like you weren't in a punk band at that time either, were you? That was like no, no, folk, more folky. Yeah, folk. And piano. then now, now you're in a punk band and you just like get home and in bed for half eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. No, no, we're, we're actually a lot cooler than that. <laughs> I like your setup, and I already told you, but I want to, uh, I want to tell you again that it looks very. Um, for anyone that's just listening. Emma looks as if she's carefully curated her environment, although she assures me that she that is what it always looks like. It really is. This this is just. I like to be surrounded by nice things. Where'd you get that chair from? This was off Facebook Marketplace for ten pounds. No way. Yeah. Yes way. Fucking incredible chair. It's it's amazing. It's like got ridges in it and shit. I love it. I would it, buy that chair off you for a hundred pounds. Would you? Yeah. I'll, I'll keep that in mind if I am ever needing a hundred pounds. Fall on hard which times. Is, is the now. offer expires in one hour, so. Okay, I'll think about it. <laughs> Have a good think about it. <laughs> okay. No, it's a good chair. I just, I don't know. I like plants. I like colours, and I like music. So this is just. I've got a bit of a, a deep about. question, Emma. Oh, go, go on. Are you ready for it? I think so. If you if you don't like it or it's um, too difficult, then I'll just cut all this out and we'll just <laughs> we'll just drop it in further on. Okay. Um, but speaking about Cav having gotten sober, mm-hmm. I'm wondering how, as his bandmate, his housemate, his significant other, mm-hmm. how that sort of 
is that a big deal to you that someone so close to you would alter their life by so much? Did, what sort of effect did that have on, if, if any? Like, did it, was it just like, oh, fine, cool, I'll support him, yeah, that's good. Or yeah. did it have quite an effect on your lifestyle? Or No effect, really. If anything, it's, it's a really positive thing. And yeah, it's, it's not affected me in any way. And I think we're a lot further along now than we would be. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, it's a good thing I, for me as well. I I, I don't really I don't drink heavily, um, but I do I don't drink heavily because I do see it as like a bit of a poison, and I I think I must be just super sensitive to like even even medicine. I, I can take medicine, and it just the side effects. Like I will have the side effects. So with alcohol, I just get I get the worst hangovers. I always feel like I've got alcohol poisoning, so I, I'm not a big drinker anyway. So it's not altered our lifestyle at all. I, d- I didn't know how much pressure there is, say, if you are a band, and especially a punk band. Like I think bands sometimes, a venue might say, you know, I definitely know some of the bands I work with, uh, the venues are like, oh, well, we'll pay you in beers or, mm. you know, stuff like that. And especially yeah. punk bands, you know, you might be playing the types of venues where it's just like, you're sort of expected to drink or there's alcohol flowing a lot. I didn't know how much, maybe it's better to like ask Cav about it, but I don't know how much it feels as if there's a pressure in the environments that a punk band plays. I, I can imagine that back in the day there would have been, but things are a lot more progressive nowadays. And, and if you don't want to drink, the, the normal reaction is just like, okay, whatever. You wouldn't just sit down, like sit someone down and pressure them into drinking because it's, it's an environment where, like, traditionally you would be drunk. It's it's just your own choice, isn't it? And people respect that nowadays. And, like, so are you, you're pretty healthy across the board then, would you say? I'm really trying at the moment. Like, growing up, I'm, I've been the worst. I, I hated vegetables growing up. I, I've, I think it's why I'm so small. I'm just super tiny. I never, like, got my nutrition as a kid. <laughs> so I'm, I'm making up for lost time. Um, recently... I've started a new regime in the morning where um, I've started getting up at like five o'clock every morning. Uh, <laughs> even you got even up at before, five today. I got I got up a bit later today because I wasn't working. But if I'm on an early shift or a double shift, and I've got to be there for seven thirty, I've been getting up at five. Absolute fucking lunatic. Well, it's it's totally opposite to me, like growing up again, because I I would always stay in bed. Like I love sleep. I love being in bed. Um, so I was like, what can I do that's going to change? And it, it, and that was it. It was like, I'm going to have to start getting up earlier and reclaiming that day. Because if I was getting up for work, I'd get up with like 45 minutes to spare. I'd be whizzing around the house, stressed. And I'd, I'd start the day stressed and I was getting sick of it because it just set the tone for the whole day. So I was like, if I can get up early and have an hour where I just have a brew, do some yoga, I'm leaving the house calm and it's, it, I've only been doing it for like six days, but I've noticed the difference already. I've got more energy. It's weird. But is there not a trade off where it gets to like half nine, 10 at night and you're like, just, just going. A bit. But even like if I'm on a double shift, I don't get out till 10. So I'm not going to bed again till like at least 12. Just, I don't know. Just, oh. I think I've got quite a lot of natural energy. Wait, so you, <laughs> wait, you're getting five hours sleep. Sometimes, yeah. That's not good for you. 
you, I, I, I asked if you were healthy and you're like, yeah, yeah, I get five hours sleep. This is only in the past week, but not always. That's just on a bad day. It's like five hours. And only if it's back-to-back shifts. You if you get out at 10 and go go to sleep the second you get out and somehow get on while you're asleep, that's still only seven hours. That's not enough sleep. Yeah. When, when I was going through college, especially, I had really bad insomnia. Um, so I'm... I'm used to not sleeping. It's gotten a lot better. Like now I can sleep really well. And I do, I love myself lions. This is, this is a really new thing that I'm just, I'm just trialing it. And it seems yeah. to be working. Yeah. I feel, so feel is, now you've not got insomnia cause you're not going, oh, I didn't steal those books. Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was so bad. Like I'd get on the bus and by the time I get, I got to college, I'd already had like a parade, a red ball. And then I, I think a, a monster sometimes I'd throw in as well. Then I'd get to college and have a black coffee with five sugars. Like it was, it was Jesus awful. Jesus Christ. I, yeah, I was listening to something recently. Have you, have you heard about this? Um, he may be called Matthew Walker. I can't remember the author's name, but there's a book, mm. um, Why We Sleep, I think it might be called. But like it's the, it was this huge book a few years ago and the guy still does TED Talks and podcasts and stuff. But it's yeah. fascinating. Um, he breaks down like the utility of sleep and what different types of sleep patterns people claim to have and what's best for you and dreaming and just mm. like, you know, looking at the whole of sleep and everything associated with it. And he was talking on a podcast the other day about um, if you have, that, like the half-life of caffeine is something like 12 hours, I think, mm. meaning that if you have one cup of coffee at midday, that yeah. is ju- that is the same as at midnight, just before you fucking get in bed and turn the lights off, getting half a cup of Starbucks coffee and just shot in that and then going to sleep. Do you know what I mean? Wow. It's way stronger than you think caffeine as well. That, that's another thing I've really had to like cut down on. Um, I've, I've gone from drinking at Frankie's. You remember the machine where it's just like super strong Italian coffee. I was having loads oh, of we them should, We should, you say, do you remember it? We should say for the Horrified. audience that Emma and I worked at Frankie and Benny's together for a, sure a short did. period. You, I think you got me the job there, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you did because I clearly, they hated me there, so I can't have been qualified for it. So you must have really smooth talked to me into like get, granting me the position. The, well, do you remember the manager? The, the um, guy who got rid of you? <laughs> the, 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 the general manager. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I think he was just talking about needing someone and I was like, well, I know this guy wants a job. But to be honest, I think I think he just had a vendetta against you from the start. I don't you were good at what he did. It, it was just him. He was Thank he was you. a psycho. Yeah. He I was, thought he was, that I was good at it. You weren't you used to get tips, didn't you? You got tipped well. You saw what like I was very nice to people, very accommodating. Yeah. At, I thought like, you were good at it. I I feel like I did the actual, you know, tidying and filling the salt shakers up and shit pretty good. And they would co- come to me. It, but it was just him. He had a problem with, with people. In fact, after, I think it was after you'd gone, he sat me down one day and he, he was like, Emma, I have a question for you. And I was like, right, okay, whatever. What is it? And he was like, could you be a bitch? And I was like, what? Why? And, and basically he wanted me to become the in-house trainer and if anyone was crap it was my job to say you're crap and I'm going to tell the general manager and then you're you're off and I was just like no I'm not doing that no way sounds like a cool guy yeah I remember I I got that guy to um do me a like a 
a reference, you know, because he was like, you have to quit. And I was like, I'm, well, I'm not, I don't want to quit, to be honest with you. And he was like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, really, it was mega unprofessional. So Him and like the st store manager, you know, like the chick, the ginger chick. Yeah, yeah, I remember. They were in Amy. a room just like shouting at me, just like, oh, why won't you just quit? And I was like, I need the money. Like, I'm sorry, I'll try, I'll get better. Like, whatever you so need. And they were just like, go and answer for everything, aren't you? Just quit. And then in the end, I thought it's going to be awkward if I stay. So I went, right, write me a fucking bang up reference then. And then he just wrote, Peter is always punctual and like, da, 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 da. And I was like, I don't believe it, mate. You need to sell it. And he was like, like, showed me the next one. It's like, Peter is always dressed immaculately and he's a great member of any team. I was like, I don't believe you. You need to. I'm glad, I'm glad at least you got smart out of it. That, and then right after that, I stormed across the road. I was all depressed because it was a sick job. Like, you know what it, I can't imagine what it was like for you actually, because I would make say like 30 pound in tips in a mm. shift and I'd live off the tips. And then the yeah. paycheck would come in at the end of the week or whatever. And I'd be like, oh shit, I forgot. I've not even been paid yet. I've just been like yeah. balling out of control on the tips. And then you've made like a hundred pounds a pop on like a Christmas table before and stuff. So, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I left and I was so depressed. I went across to Tesco, which is adjacent to it. Bought this um, six pack of like Krabby's ginger beers, oh. glass bottles. <laughs> and then I got outside and I was like, fuck, I've not got, I've not got anything to open these bottles. They probably asked me to turn in my waiter's bottle opener. Do you know what I mean? I was like, for fuck's sake. So I tried to do the cool guy, you know, like, you know, like pop the thing off on the wall. Yeah. And I went, bang, exploded the top off the bottle and it slashed across all my fingers. And no then, way. Yeah. Like I've still got, yeah, you won't be able to see it obviously, but I've got like white scars across my fingers and I just had to like go, I had to chuck the beers away and go to hospital. Oh my God. I kind of feel like that's like my fault in a way. <laughs> like if I'd not gotten you that job, you wouldn't have slashed your fingers. Oh, you you made me uh, a serious <laughs> amount of money getting me that job. <laughs> and I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun to be like a waiter. It was okay. Towards the end, I, I, it was awful towards the end. Um, well, yeah, you were treating it a little bit like go and do the thing I love and then go back and do the shit. It was like an oil rig for you, do you know yeah, what I mean? You just go and like it. work there for a bit. Because I was really good at it and, and they knew that. And I was like, right, I'm going to go to Europe for four months. And when I come back, it's going to be a job for me. And, and they were like, yeah. So that, that's just how I played it. And it worked. And like I said, the tips were sick. But yeah, people are, are a bit shit though. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever eat the food, you know, like in the back? Uh, yeah, all the time. Because there's some times where you just didn't get a break. Yeah, and so plus, like, people would send started. fully like not untouched food they'd be like oh, yeah, i ordered this steak medium 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 rare and then you'd be like Fuff. and then you're yeah. expected to throw that away so you just stick it on the shelf and then i have a it. big problem with, with throwing food away as well like, i hate wasting food so i'd always just put it on the side for someone like either the chef if they were hungry or like a lot of people would just send a full pizza back because the, the edge was a bit burnt it's like yes <laughs> keep them coming but oh, maybe side, maybe like, that's the move is like put the pizza down and just be like yeah I mean someone has uh, touched it in the kitchen who's got um, AIDS but yeah I wouldn't worry about that and good. then they'll be like maybe send it back it. maybe we should get a new one <laughs> yeah yeah there, there were some uh, characters I suppose that came in yeah some yeah. weird people mm -hmm. had a good time though so um, speaking of food I know you're a, a veggie, right? Yes. 
You talk um, about wasting food and ethics, all, all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I thought of something the other day and I wanted to get a, a veggie's opinion on it. Right. I'm, I'm, walk, I'm walking in the woods and a family walked past with a proper dog, you know, that's reminiscent of a wolf. And then a little sort of smashed face, little mutant dog, a pug, yeah. right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm wondering like a veggie's opinion on the ethics of owning a pug like getting a pug do you mean because they've been like interbred so much to the point where they can't breathe properly yeah so you've we've sort of for our entertainment basically selectively bred traits into this whole set of animals where Mm -hmm. it's just like they can't regulate the temperature prop- properly. They, they have to go to the vet all the time. They're just like, they're a write-off, aren't they? They're just having a horrible little time. Just, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And yeah. just because it's like, oh, look at it. It looks well stupid and I like that. Mm. So it shouldn't it be like, maybe it's more of a vegan-y sort of angle on it. But if you, if you give a fuck about animals, would you not say like, oh, you shouldn't really be getting pugs then? I see a point, and I think it's a good point. But if it's already alive and it needs a home, then I suppose you would take it on. But I, I do agree that they probably shouldn't be interbred so much. Yeah, it's like, and... I, cavaliers are the same. Cavalier King Charles have been bred. Um, like the skulls have been bred to the point where the, the brain actually can bulge out and the brain doesn't fit inside the skull properly and they're like really prone to brain tumours and things. But at least they're cute, eh? Yeah, at least they're cute. <laughs> well, I, I, I get I get your point on like, well, it already exists, so what are you going to do? Just like abandon, just like leave them, forsake them all. Um, yeah, but if you if you keep, especially vegans and veggies, which tend to be like the most hip sort of fashionably, you know, like hashtag vegan sort of like, mm-hmm. I've got dreads and a fucking cool shit in my apartment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No. No offence. <laughs> I've not got a judge yet, though. <laughs> well, you got a cool plant there and a guitar. That's pretty veggie, if you ask me. What can <laughs> Yeah, so the, sort of the coolest people are going saving pubs from, uh, pugs from shelters or, do you know what I mean? Then mm. you're just making it so that they remain fashionable. And you, so you, you could give the same argument like, oh, well, if you don't go to the tiger palace in thailand and pay to fucking pose with your hand on a drugged up tiger then that place mm-hmm. is going to run out of money and they're going to euthanize all the tigers so you have to but you're also perpetuating that trade what if you if yeah. you do that absolutely the kindest I, I thing don't... to do is murder all the pugs <laughs> I, I just don't know what makes a, a dog fashionable like i just like would see a dog and think that's a cool dog or that dog needs a home i i want it I wouldn't ever think I want that dog because it's it's fashionable. Well, yeah, it's something weird, a little insidious about the fact that people are attracted to animals that are just like little freaks rather than like the healthiest, smartest dog. Yeah. Weird. They don't, yeah. I feel sorry for them more than anything. Little puggies. That noise they make. Well, pe- people, sort of anyone who, I don't want to, oh, this, this is probably the most divisive topic and a bit of a hacky subject, but, you know, dog people versus cat people. I always find that people who like dogs tend to, I, I, it seems weird to me that someone would 
be so keen to have a very dependent sentient being around you know that mm-hmm. that's what they're into is like i want something that absolutely needs me and loves me no matter what it's like what why do you need that yeah it's only like having kids though right <laughs> i guess so i guess so yeah anyone with kids could fuck off <laughs> are you gonna have kids one day i doubt it oh i've not stumbled into like an ovarian cyst sort of situation ever <laughs> Oh no! I just, I've just never seen myself with kids. I, I like kids. I've got god, uh, god kids, and they're cool. But I think I just, I'm just living a different life to a lot of people. I, I've got, I've got the band, and if I was to stop and have kids, like it just, it'd be over. And I'm just oh. more focused on, on doing my own thing. Just imagine you were set up money-wise, and it's like you, you can sort of do the band as and when you want, and mm. and you're not having to graft at it. You can just whenever you so desire you could just write or record or gig then yeah. if if that roadblock was moved would you be more likely to consider it it would be more likely yeah i just couldn't bring a life into a world which i wasn't like the best version of myself i don't think because i think it's really easy for kids to pick up on things and you don't realize how easy it is for kids to learn lessons off you. And if, if you're not like completely set on you as a yeah. person, you, it'll just rub off. And Is there an argument though that you, you, if you don't have kids, then all the kids that exist, are, it's more of the kids that exist are gonna come from people who aren't as conscientious as you and aren't like, I need to be the best version so that, we're, you know, it's just people like, oh, I've got knocked up here, <laughs> and then just shitting kids out. And you, you can like dilute the, the whole gene pool a little bit if you pop out some, because your kids are better than their kids for sure. No, no, I just think it's ultimately down to personal choice. And me personally would want to just be set up a bit better, I think. Cool, yeah. I, I'm not trying yeah. to make you, I just mean no, like, you be- better like, off kids. Whenever people ask me this question and, I, and I'm like, well, probably not. It's almost like they get offended by it. It's like no, yeah. you're a you're a woman. You have a womb. Like you should, you should. I give know, it. yeah. Well, so, the the reason that I, I was surprised is because I've not heard too many people say no to it, and I, I'm unsure whether I would have kids. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've I've just not heard very many people confess. Uh, like maybe especially women confess mm-hmm. that they don't want to do what is largely considered stereotypically by a lot of people to be like the function of the female. Mhm. Maybe it's like subconsciously me going against put punk in it yeah i don't know like i'm not i'm not settling down and having kids no i'm just gonna be a teenager forever my wounds for getting stabbed up in <laughs> <laughs> do you know i don't know it's, it's personal choice at the end of the day and I, I would consider adoption i think again if i was in a bit more set up which is but, like the human version of rescuing a pug from a shelter <laughs> Yeah, and again, well, not again, but I think the idea of childbirth absolutely terrifies me as well. I couldn't just no, I I, I couldn't have someone. Just it, it'd be a free for all, you know. Yeah, I, ju- I just need to have a look. It's like, well, no, you're actually having a look at my vagina there. Like, I didn't say you could, but I need to. But I don't want you to, but I have to because otherwise the baby might. might That's might the scariest mine. part of childbirth for you that someone might look at your vagina. <laughs> No, but it, it would all like tie into the 
to the nightmare. Some people think the scariest part is pushing a human out of it. That would be pretty scary as well. It's like fucking alien or something, isn't it? it Someone is nuts up inside you just like emits <laughs> body liquids up inside the sugar walls and the then just like a tumour, a fucking person just grows out of a little piece of just just little pink squadgy. It's the miracle then, of life, Pete. It's just something that happens. Is it a miracle? It seems a bit like a nightmare. It's a bit scary. <laughs> That's my view on it, yeah. <laughs> and then you have to push it out of your fucking vagina. No, it's, it's not a good deal really, is it? We should have sorted a different way for definite. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I just like, don't think it's for me. How many people, like, what would the percent, like, mortality rate in birthing mothers been up until the past, like, century or two as well? It's pretty high, I think, wasn't it? Because there's so much blood loss um, that I think it's, it's quite high mortality rate. What an inefficient way. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just plop a little egg out, you know? Or just a doctor talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and get the same, like, love. Same, same thing, in it. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> well, yeah, adopting a dog is like, uh, what, do you adopt a dog? You know, getting a dog is like um, having a kid forever because it never sort of grows up. It just mm. remains really reliant on you. Yeah. I think, though, I think some people have kids, from what I've gathered, is because they want them to be a baby forever. Kind of like when you get a puppy, <laughs> going back to dogs again, uh, and, and it's like a cute little puppy and then it, it grows up to have fleas and, <laughs> and worms. And you're like, oh, I don't know anymore about it. Yeah. Um, not me people personally. Mu- I, people I would, must have I that with babies that. as well. Yeah. I, I, you know, never say never. That's, that's my bottom line. Do you know what, sort of in an analogy that I use sometimes is um, creating things as someone who's compelled to create, who's sort of cursed with needing to create, which I feel I am. And I know that you do your, like, not just music, but art as well. That Mm. feels a little bit like giving birth and then having the child. Do you know what I mean? You're all pregnant with an idea. I don't know if this is like... Lame, no, it's like because I suppose like analogy. birth is is like it's the ultimate creation, isn't it? You've created a life. Yeah. So it is a good analogy. Yeah. So do do you feel like maybe you can channel any sort of um, mother instinct within you that's just like written into your DNA? Do you reckon you can channel that into giving birth to these little art- arty projects? I think them. in a way, yeah, because you, you're like you're almost like the midwife, aren't you? You're like, come on, push, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's it's there. Um, Have any any of your songs needed a uh, a cesarean? Not really. Any of those artworks no. tore your gooch? A couple of, of the artworks have, yeah, where I've just sort of sat down with it and gone, you are crap. Why are you even doing this? You're shit. Stop. But it always, I think, I find if you just push through that that point of hating it, you do end up liking it in the end. Just like a baby. <laughs> just like a baby, yeah. <laughs> You've got to push through your own, like, insecurities about what you're doing to ultimately 
almost give yourself a chance to prove yourself to yourself. Yeah, I agree mm. with that. It must be frustrating for you right now because obviously you're doing a bunch of, I've seen a loads of art that you've been posting on Insta and Facebook and it's, that's mm-hmm. been cool and that's sort of the only avenue that you can take at the minute because yeah. you're like, you. Well, I did a video for one of your tracks just before lockdown and then the yeah, track yeah. hasn't been able to been uh, to be mixed yet not properly no not the final the final mix so everything's like there ready but so that is like you're about to give birth and then the doctor says oh wait the hospital's just having a bit of a few technical difficulties just stay <laughs> pregnant for three more months yeah yeah it is it's weird but at the same time it's it's kind of a positive in a way because when all this has blown over, it's like we'll just be ready, like ready to go. If if people are checking this out when it comes out, then mm-hmm. we're still waiting for that video. However, this is no, no, uh, not to freak you out, but this episode remains online for eternity. So, ninety nine percent of the time that people might watch this in the future, the video we're talking about will have come out. Yeah. Um, do you want to explain anything about it? Because I, I dare not, um, <laughs> t- I'll, I'll be treading on eggshells trying to not divulge too much about it. So you you know the rules on what you can say and not say. Yeah, it's just, um, it's the third, no, it's the fourth single, um, which I don't know, I don't really know what to say about it. The video or the track. Yeah, I don't know if you consider the video and the track to be like totally separate pieces or if it's like one package all together or yeah I don't know I think at first I saw it separate but then but then when the video was was done it, it goes so like the narrative of the video goes so well with the track that it, it is like together now oh thank you yes you've done a very good job Pete and I, I'm just really excited to get it out um it's called Harper Hay Hostility uh, people won't have heard the term Harper Hay before, right? The word. No, no. Harper Hay is a small town in North Manchester, where Cab's from. And you wrote a song about it. And you filmed a video for it. I'd like to think of the song and the video a little bit. And I'm, I'm used to doing this for um, my own hometown as well, in a couple mm. of videos that I've done. Sort of poking fun at it but in like a loving way so it's sort of like a love letter and a lament at the same time yeah absolutely Would you, do you think that's sort of what it is yeah I think we had a big like sense of responsibility about it because it has had fun uh, it has been poked at in the past that place and we we had a, like a sort of a sense of duty to not do that because that that wasn't our, what, what do you mean aim. by poked at um, there was a documentary about it. Uh, I think it was called People People Like Us a few years ago, where where they went in and filmed, and it and I think don't quote me on it, but I think that they kind of like twisted what they were doing to the faces of the people there, and then when it came out, it was just like completely the opposite, and it was really sort of taking the mick out of everyone and not painting it in like people in a very nice way. So. Because that exists, we, we didn't ever want to do that. It, but at the same time, like, we've lived there, so it, it's like a truthful representation, I suppose, of the place. Yeah, it, it's warts and all. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, it's the truth, isn't it? And that's, that's what matters. 
got the truth about things. If you like punk music, anyone that's listening, or even if you don't think, oh, I don't like punk music, maybe go check it out anyway, because uh, yeah. the band, I mean, the C33s, because I think talent is sort of genreless and and mm. uh, like I, I don't particular, I wouldn't say I like punk, but I enjoy your guys' music. Mm. It's just like I it sort it's of reminds me like of. Yeah, yeah, because it's got that surfy component to it and there's a bit more, sometimes a little bit more, I don't know, I, I was going to say more melody than I, I would be accustomed to, but I don't really know punk music well enough to... I, I'd agree with you, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, Definitely. okay. Because you guys both come from like a more of a, you know, especially folky, but, you know, just singer-songwritery, melodic sort of background and that yeah. sort of comes across a little bit. yeah. Well, that, that's what we were doing in the past, but I've grown up with punk. I've grown up... I was a metalhead at one point. Um, I believe it. Up, yeah. <laughs> Bloodstock 2010. <laughs> Yo, I saw... Before you continue, I saw the most metal film I've ever seen in my life the other day. What? What was it? Have you seen The Witch? No. It's this guy... I want to say he's called Robert Egerton. Egerston or something like that. I know like the name. Eggert, Egertson. Oh, yeah, I remember going, what a fucking ridiculous name. It sounds like a made-up name. Egertson, I think he's called. He did The Lighthouse recently, you know, with uh, oh, Willem Dafoe yeah. and our parts. That, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That looks um, pretty but it's, yeah, well, I, I've, I've heard that it's sort of, like, f- funny as well. Which oh, really? I've not I've seen it yet. it's pretty, like, weird and dark. Yeah, I, d- I desperately want to watch it now, especially after watching his, I think his film debut, The Witch, which is, mm-hmm. like... Um, it's, I think, if anyone's seen Hereditary, Hereditary owes a big debt, I think, to The Witch because it's similar in tone and, and even plot. But it's this, like, weird, very classy period horror film set in the 17th century. And every fucking moment of it, every thing that happens in the film is just like, this is the most metal thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, I'll have to watch it. I'll, you I'll have to watch like, it, oh, yeah. there's me. <laughs> It's very unsettling. It's it's not like your cheap horror films with the jump scares and the and the you know sort of cookie cutter formula. It's it stays with you. You're just like, oh man, that was that was uh, disquieting. Oh really? Because I'm a bit I'm, I'm you know I I don't mind scary films, but like horror proper like guts and and all I I really struggle with. It's not it's not gore. It's oh, it's fine, just it? a slow creeping terror. Oh, yeah, I think I'd be all right with that. Yeah. The Witch. The Witch. The Witch. Right. Stylized as the Vitch. Nice. Because that's how they used to write Witch back in uh, the Salem Trials sort of mm-hmm. days because W sounds wasn't really right, a, a guy yet. <laughs> that sounds good. But sounds yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. You were talking about you used to be a metalhead. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I've grown up with lots of different music and still like to this day I'm not just listening to punk because I'm in a punk band I, I like like loads of different shit a tune's a tune as they say a tune is in actual fact a tune mm-hmm. it really is Emma yes if if people want to check out the band if you want to see uh, the band what Emma drums in where are they finding it do you know all the socials I think it's just the same for everything so like, I think it's facebook.com forward slash the c33s and then on instagram i think it's just at the c33s and the same with twitter just at c33s 
and you'll find all our glorious faces. C three three S, right? Mm -hmm. The C three three S. The C three three. Oh wait, we have to before we go. What? I remember asking one time about like, oh, so what's what's the name? It sort of sounds like it would be a fighter plane or something, and then you sort of started telling me a little bit about what three represents and like we didn't even get into that and I know that's a oh, big yeah. thing for you <laughs> do you want to speak about that kind of a little bit I suppose but it I think the problem it's not a problem but a lot of people don't really know about it and it's such like a wacky concept for people that I don't know basically I, I just really I'm really into numbers and a lot of them follow me around a lot and I, I take great solace in certain numbers that appear in my life. I feel like you, you're scared to, to <laughs> sort of tell everyone how important this, these themes I'm are to you. Not scared. I think it's just such a huge topic that it would be very hard to, to That's a whole it. podcast, isn't it, on its own? Yeah, basically. But it's just, it's numerology and... Um, it, it started coming into my life when I was about 14, which interestingly, if you were to look into numerology, um, like my, my life path is a five, but also it's going to be hard to explain it, but there's a 14, which one and four would equal a five. And everything that started happening began around the age of 14 for me. And I've only just clicked in the past like month that it was around that time. Um, but it's Pythagoras who came up, who, who started it. <clears throat> so it's like, if we can learn about Pythagoras' theorem in school, why can't we learn about the other thing he was into, which was mysticism? And and he was basically the, the father of numerology. That sounds like a whole podcast on its own. Why don't you come back in real life and be in the actual treehouse and we'll just okay. hit that hard? Okay. All right. I'll hit What if I can offer you hard. this? The date today is the 14th of the 5th. Mm -hmm. Which is my exact life path. Doubt it now. <laughs> Doubt the numerology now. What are the chances? <laughs> no, I, um, I think without explaining it properly, it probably just sounds a bit kooky, but it, no, I think there's a lot in it. And I'm just a big believer in, in finding your own truth and picking things out of, of anything that resonates with you. Um, not necessarily following anything strictly because ultimately there will always be somebody else's agenda there but if, if you can pick out little bits of everything you, you form your own views and form your own uh way of life i suppose so yeah do, just i do feel it that yeah rather so than that... sorry well, continue i was just gonna say rather than sort of swallowing up a whole doctrine of, of one particular way of life just just pick this out whatever resonates with you i feel you well you shall have to um educate me on what the some of the magical dates that you i could have you back on don't then. say magical because it makes it sound <laughs> <laughs> totally undermine it <laughs> yeah. yeah you'll have to tell me about these fucking magical numbers uh, thousands of years old there's there's substance to it but yeah it's too much to go into i think right now <laughs> well yeah I'm, I'm i'm wanting for you to uh sort of break it down a little bit more for me so next time okay. sounds good and maybe it'll be like a, another date that's significant who knows it almost certainly will mm -hmm. and not only because 
if you're ambiguous and vague enough with it, you can sort of make any date fit some Ask, special. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I want to know Pete, more about it. Stop it! Stop <laughs> it! <Sorry. laughs> um, but yeah, no, go everyone, what? go and check out C33s. C33s. Yeah, I, was, I was just going to say because your favourite number is eight, isn't it? It is. You, you told me that your favourite number throughout your whole life is eight, and, and you're an, an eight lifer. Well, I, I am like this. We, how do you know I'm an eight out, guy? We figured it out, didn't we? We figured it out. That time, when we went What's to that based chicken, on? On your birthday. Okay. So, based on my date of birth, my number should be eight. Yeah. I'm sure we figured it out, because I remember going like, oh, you're an eight, and, and you just love number eight. I do love number eight. Go, go then, and Google it. <laughs> Chinese people love number eight, right? Yeah, it's, I think it's the luckiest number uh, in the Chinese philosophy because I think it's close to sounding like fortune or wealth or something like that. Um, it's a very, it's a good number, and it's like for me, it's, it's close well. to sounding like hey or hate. That's another another good word. Oh, why don't ruin <laughs> my favorite number for me? <laughs> it's a good number. Right, it's been yeah. emotional. Yeah, it has been emotional. It's been magical and uh, fulfilling. Hopefully, as soon as Lucky D comes off, we'll get mm-hmm. um, get you back on, get Cav on as well at some point. Yeah, and, uh, yeah he's up for it. Get the video online, get some more shit done. Yeah. We'll, uh, back, we'll be back with a bang, I think. Sweet. All right. Peace Thanks and love, everybody. Pete. Bye. Thanks, Pete. Goodbye. Bye.